0: J.D. Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Taylor. I'm Travel Intelligence Lead for J.D. Power. I'm joined, as always, by Andrea Stokes, who's our Practice Lead for Hospitality and Senior Living. Hello, Andrea. Hello, Mike. And this week we have a special guest, Ahmed Agarwal, who I've known for many, many years, and uh, he's quite the taco aficionado I've learned in uh, recent weeks, but we can go into that in another podcast. Uh, But he, uh, Ahmed, is the Managing Director of Digital Studies at J.D. Power, And he's here to talk about the uh, results and the analysis of our recently released Travel App and Travel Websites. Hello, Amit.
1: Hi, Mike. And I will gladly accept your invitation to your other podcast about fine foods and dining.
0: (laughs) That's great. (laughs) If nothing, we have a diverse range of topics on this podcast. So anyway, so, um, Andrea, uh, before we really get into questioning uh, Amit about the details, kind of give us a top line of what happened uh, uh, with the release of our travel app and travel web study.
2: Well, we uh, recently released the results of our travel app and travel web study, which we have not conducted uh, for several years due to the pandemic, but we brought it back in 2023. So, um, very interesting results. I think we uh, saw some interesting uh, winners this time around. Uh, again, it's it's been a while, so I think we really did capture um, some of the changes with both apps in the past few years, as well as consumers and and how consumers are using uh, apps, especially of course travel apps. Um, so we've added some new questions. We've updated the study, and I know Amit can, can talk a little bit about that, but uh, we congratulate uh, all, all of our, our winners.
0: Okay, well, um, Amit, I just want to start off with, um, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, let's just first off more, uh, start off more general. Tell us a little bit about the uh, Digital Studies uh, Division uh, department of uh, JD Power and what you guys do and how you guys do it.
1: I would love to. So, I've been at JD Power for close to 20 years and I have been focused on digital customer experience and helping our clients improve uh, for most of that tenure. Uh, and we start with actually interviewing respondents, we treat them like large scale usability tests. Uh, we go out, we collect thousands of responses. Uh, from real customers and we ask them about their experiences. Uh, We use a similar model across industries which allows us to take a look longitudinally at what's really best in class, uh, what's working, what's not, uh, where are things headed and what do our clients need to do? Uh, This particular study looking at travel websites and apps uh, was inaugurated in 2019 and cut short in 2020. uh, And we've brought it back this year Uh, Pretty excited to uh, bring those measurements out and and help improve travel experiences.
0: Okay. Um, So let's dig in a little bit. What makes makes a good app? Let's start with apps. What makes a good app, (laughs) Amit?
1: There's a lot of things that make a good app. Um, And then really, I think what we're distinguishing is what makes a good app from what makes an excellent app. Because most apps these days that you would use are pretty good. They have the functionality that you need. They work. Um, and it's not just the baseline functionality. They allow you to do some pretty cool things. And so there's most apps are, I would say, good. Uh, but the expectation now is which ones really over-deliver or which ones really help facilitate my interaction with this company or with the service or with this need that I'm trying to fulfill? Which one's truly delight? And I, I think that's where we're going to be talking a lot when we talk about these travel apps and what their opportunities are. Uh, but but to, to expand on that, um, when we take a look at apps, we think about them in two basic respects. Can I get to the stuff that is available? And then does the stuff that's there allow me to do what I want? So case in point. Uh, One way that people will interact with apps is to use it as a mechanism to contact the company. Uh, either because I have a problem or I have a question. All right, so I launch the app and now I'm looking for a phone number. Okay, but the company's not gonna just give me a phone number, it's gonna make me look for it in the menu. Maybe it's gonna prioritize chat. Uh, Maybe it's gonna make it three clicks further back because the company doesn't want me to call. They want me to use this digital channel. And so then there's a natural tension that arises there between what I'm trying to accomplish and what the company wants me to do or what the app is trying to make me do. Uh, That can be one thing that will create lower satisfaction even as it may run uh, in keeping with what the organization is trying to accomplish.
0: All right, so you know, just as as a again, you know, kind of a review. Of the, you know, we had three three categories, uh, three segments. We had uh, app and web for airlines. We had app and web for hotel. We had app and web for rental cars. And uh, it turns out that uh, both and of these won both sides of it on uh, each of those categories. So Alaska had the best travel app, and travel web. Uh, World of Hyatt or Hyatt's app and website also was a winner on the hotel side and then national one on the rental car side. Uh, when you look at the results on it, what what are those, what, are there any similarities among those winners?
1: Uh, one of the things, and, and I think, Mike, there's also an inherent question of, you know, um, apps and websites don't perform the same. The, app, the travel apps are actually performing better, uh, which is not uncommon. Uh, people who want to use apps really want to use them. Uh, I would also say that you can see If you just open up and look at all the apps you have on your phone, look at them through the app store, compare them to the websites. Some of these websites look largely the same as they did three years ago, five years ago. Uh, Apps tend to be updated more frequently. But one thing that we'll see in common among many top performers, it's not universal, is that there's iterative change. The app that you have today is not exactly the same app that you had two years ago or a year ago. And that... There's a, a real test and learn mentality to make sure that the things that people want are available and that they're constantly being improved on using data. Uh, so when we look at Hyatt, when we look at Alaska, and when we look at uh, National, uh, in the data we see that they all get high marks on uh, the ability to find stuff. So you know, navigation, yes, but it I can find the things I'm looking for. And then the features themselves are comprehensive. So as I was mentioning before, there's really two main levers that you can look at at a high level and all of all three of those brands are doing well on
0: both. All right, Andrew, you had some questions for Amit.
2: I do. Thanks Amit. So this is really, really interesting. Um, one question that I have is, you know, what the, the apps that perhaps the travel apps that perhaps did not uh, perform um, as well as others, what do they, what are they lacking? What what do they, you know, need to do? Is it is it really all about um, simplicity of navigation or is it really about the various features that um, apps may have or, or not have? What what do you think is sort of the most critical improvement that travel companies uh, can make to their uh, to the apps in particular?
1: I'm going to answer this on two levels. One, in general, what. What are the things that get in the way of being able to use an app effectively and then what's specific to the travel industry in general there are various we call them detractors from experience or anchors or friction points Uh, it's i have problems logging in i have problems with the two-factor authentication Um, it loads slowly that, that actually can happen quite a bit on some of these apps as they go back and forth between a native app experience and something that's web-framed in. Uh, load slowly. Uh, there's a lot of marketing. So e- even some of the apps that perform well, there's a lot of, hey, aren't you, don't you want to get a credit card with us? Hey, don't you want to do this other thing? Which again can line up with corporate objectives but interfere with app experience. So at a baseline, we see those across industries. We definitely see them within travel. And then in travel, you have the extra layer of the day of travel experience or things going wrong, and I need to use this app to try to remediate it. Uh, And then my perception of the experience using this app is going to be tied very heavily to how well it helps me resolve my problems in transit. Very Mm -hmm. stressful. Uh, It causes in part, the airline apps to perform worse uh, than for a hotel or rental car. Uh, because often that's my only mechanism to do so unless I'm going to wait in line for two hours uh, and not certain that the alternate product that would be available to me is suitable. Whereas for rental car and hotel, you can get another room, you can get another car. I'm at the location. I can see the person I'm going to speak to. I'm probably not waiting two hours. So I'll answer that question. I'm thinking about it in general. There's the kinds of things that get in the way for all apps. And then with the travel apps, it's that stress level with having to deal with my day of travel that really creates another drag factor.
2: That's I, I like your, your analysis of the day of travel. I think that, um, of course, for, for travel, it's it's very important. And you do have a lot of customers who are um, do really rely on those apps for the experience, um, as they're traveling. So not so much for, uh, reservation, which I, I, my own opinion is that travel apps generally have the reservation process down and apps are pretty straightforward in terms of actually, you know, booking something and, or even searching and then, uh, booking. But with regard to day of travel, you know, the um, the hotel uh, experience, so what we would say day of travel really means at the property, at the hotel property, is very different than day of travel with an airline, for example, where you're actually trying to catch a flight or you're delayed or your flight's canceled and, and you have these kinds of problems. But our study did look at some of the features that hotel apps have for, you um, you know, enhancing the the on-property experience, such as communicating with the staff in real time at the hotel or, um, you know, obviously doing things like check-in and check-out. Is there anything that you saw, um, especially with hotel apps, that uh, maybe stood out as um, something that you know, is a sort of what's the ta- what? What are table stakes versus what are um, the delighters?
1: Uh, sure. And are you asking about hotel specifically, or yes, oh, okay. yes, Three segments uh, within the hotel segment? We did take a look at you know the kinds of uh, duration of stay features that are available and. There is a reasonable amount of parity between what everybody's trying to do. Choosing a room, getting a digital key, um, as you described some of those other processes to communicate with the staff. Uh, So in in that case, the feature set is often very similar. It's a question of how easy is it to interact with those features? Uh, Does it actually improve the quality of my stay. And um, by the way, the other thing that we haven't covered yet that really matters, especially for airline and hotel, is how am I doing on rewards? How close am I to my next free thing? How can I interact with that currency? Uh, And that's something that we've seen really take off across industries, the idea of these rewards and points as currency that I need to be kept in in touch with, whereas it's not just a nice to have, sometimes it is the objective.
2: That's a really great point. I mean, we did, you know, and I do think that's one area, um, you know, we mentioned that the study uh, went on a hiatus over the pandemic. And, um, and so we've, uh, we've decided that this was a good year to uh, bring back our uh, website, and app analyses, and I do think that the rewards programs, the loyalty programs, uh, over the past few years, especially coming out of the pandemic, I do see that that is that is truly different. Um, I do think the companies are generally competing, you know, pretty well with each other in terms of, uh, like you said, account management, accessing your points or currency, as we would say. And being able to use the currency, right, to um, improve, you know, to upgrade or improve the experience somehow or purchase something. So uh, I, I, I at least see that that is uh, something that I feel like uh, the travel companies sort of were, were working on throughout the pandemic um, and kind of coming out of the pandemic, realizing uh, that You know, a lot of people really did save uh, a lot of points and earned a lot of points, um, not necessarily through traveling during the pandemic, but through other um, shopping and uh, and credit cards and that kind of thing. So, it is very important. I I in fact think that the the account management piece is actually probably a little bit more important, maybe than it was in 2018 and 2019 when we. Um when we did the study. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. And you know, when we last ran this in 2019, we were just starting to see uh what I refer to as state-dependent personalization through the travel companies. United uh was to, to my recollection the first one to really say the day of travel or 24 hours before travel is different. And we know what people are looking for in that time period and since then when they showed that path we've seen all of these apps adopt uh, that mindset and it's really important because you know as personalization is continuing to be this massive it's gone beyond buzzword it's an expectation um, but it's not always clear how to implement it well you have an advantage if you're a travel company because. You know that the day of travel or the duration of stay experience is going to be different and you can personalize to that. Um, So that's a big change from what we saw in 2019 uh, when we ran the study before uh, to what we see now.
2: So here is, um, I think, the big question, right, is where is the future headed? You know, our travel companies these days, really just kind of making incremental improvements um, to, to apps, especially year after year. You mentioned websites sort of not really changing very much uh, over the past few years. But where where is the future headed? You know, where do you think travel companies can really innovate with the digital experience?
1: I'm a really big proponent of continuous incremental improvement because a series of small changes based in data, based in customer feedback that are done over time add up to substantial change over the course of even just a couple of years. Then you also see, you know, sometimes you can do something that's uh, perhaps you would call it a leapfrog, like let's say mobile room key. Wonderful. Uh, now, within a few years, and it involves having to spend a lot of money on property to make that available. And it is something that over time will be copied. Uh, but what's actually very hard to do is to continuously, incrementally innovate and, and relentlessly do so. Most companies don't maintain that kind of pace. And so what we see in other industries, let's say in uh, banking, is that the ones that are ahead are the ones that just you know keep pedal to the metal. Uh, it's not to say there can't be innovation, but uh, it, it, you know what innovation is going to work—that's not known. If it was known, everyone would do it. So in the meantime, um, what you should really be doing is just working on continuous improvement, particularly on the basics. Make the login faster. Make the everything work more stably. nativize more of the features of the app. Right now, the reservation experience is on most airline apps. It's still basically putting you on a website that's within the app and people can tell it's slower. It doesn't work as well. Um, just relentlessly do so and we'll see what the innovation is going to be. I mean, I I think we'll still be using, uh, mobile phones of some sort. They've turned out to kind of be the perfect device. Uh, and while you will have wearables and extensions, they don't make sense in a lot of arenas when it would come to travel. Um, and b- beyond that, I, you know, I hesitate to say, uh, I'm sure that you want me to mention AI, but at the moment that's just a mechanism to have better interactions through the digital channel. It's not going to actually fundamentally change the way that I uh, reserve a flight or check into a room or uh, upgrade my rental car.
2: Thanks. Yeah, that's very interesting. I was going to ask about AI so that it, it's good to understand how you're um, how you're looking at it and, and sort of what you're what you're thinking. So thank you.
0: All right. And I think the, um, we've reached the end of our podcast here. I want to thank Ahmed Agarwal uh, for being a special guest and giving us all those great insights into app and web studies. And Andrea, thank you very much uh, for participating as well as you do every week. And once again, if you're interested in anything that we do in the travel section at JD Power, you can go to jdpower.com and you'll see the business side of uh, things up in the upper right hand corner. Pull that down and eventually get on to travel and you'll see all the things that uh, our, the travel group is doing. And once again, thank you for listening and we will see you next month on the JD Power Travel Podcast. <laughs>